a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. restricted section which is kind of like one of those movies where the main character won't stop complaining about their partner so you're just like dump them don't worry there's still time we will in the final act if you haven't done the reading don't worry we did it for you here's what we're talking about this week harry potter and the half-blood prince chapter 13 the secret riddle in which dumbledore and harry go back in time to watch the day dumbledore went to tell Tom Riddle, you're a wizard, Tommy. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is my beloved Andrew. Say hello to the listeners, Andrew. Hello, listeners. And our special guest is returning guest, Adel Refai from many different podcasts. Say hello to the listeners, Adel. Ziggledy-zoo. I panicked. I panicked and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> that was a bit of like a, um, give, it's giving like zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay. Okay. So you're my, saying oh it's a ripoff. <laughs> you know? I, I was getting more like <laughs> Professor from Futurama vibes. Like, never seen it. What? Wow. I guess there are no original ideas anymore. Wow. Have you really never seen Futurama? I have That's, not. No. That's interesting. As it is adult animation, and I feel like you're kind of. Are you kind of into adult animation, like Simpsons and Bob's Burgers and stuff? I am, but I feel like King of the Hill. I I was watched two episodes, and I was like, hard pass. And then Futurama <laughs> came out, and I feel like I, I've I definitely watched like half an episode when I was maybe sixteen or seventeen or something, and oh I remember just being like, "Not the Simpsons," and tr- and went in the other room. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! I not should give the it another Simpsons. chance. I should give it another try. Oh not my Not the Simpsons, and automatically rejected. That's so funny. Um, I get it because my favorite show in the world is Bob's Burgers, and anytime I watch any other adult animation, I'm like, "This is funny," but. I mean, I like Bob's Burgers. <laughs> is Central Park good? That's the same creators, right? Oh, yeah. That one is not my favorite. <laughs> wow, um, interesting. I, I reckon if you're going to if you if you're trying to like get closer to the vibe of Bob's Burgers, the they also made The Great North, which I think okay. is um a little bit closer to the energy in my opinion. It's like a, a a funny family who loves each other above all, you know, it's like a very wholesome energy even while it's like being very fun. I also started, this isn't the same creators, but I also recently started watching a new show called Crapopolis, which is like um, an adult animation about like an ancient Greek city state. (laughs) Very excited to check that out. Yeah, it's very good. Um, But anyway, that's not what this show is about. Um, Adel, you've been on the show for so many episodes. You're actually our first guest ever, which I was too nervous to to tell you at the time, but I'm happy to tell you now on your like (laughs) sixth or seventh reappearance. Hell yeah. How the hell have you been since Order of the Phoenix? I've been good. I've been doing a lot of traveling. I've been seeing a lot of theater, doing whatever else, a lot of podcasts going on, and uh, I am thrilled to be back. And I do really enjoy that you mentioned this is like a rom-com or something where it's like, get over him, like, leave him, girl. You're better than this. <laughs> like, I do <laughs> I do think there should you should have a soundboard that every once in a while you can just hit it, and it's like, you're better than this. Leave him. <laughs> yeah, that's my angle now is like... Um, we're breaking up. Yeah, <laughs> we're yes. breaking up with Harry have Potter. It's going to take another year yeah. or so. We have another book to go, but yeah. it's beginning. He's just, he's so misunderstood. I'm going to give him 10 more chapters and then I'm going to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, I wish it was only, it's gotta be like 50 more chapters. <laughs> um, it's literally like 60 or so. It's like 60 more chapters, but that's fine. Um, that's totally fine. I have a plan. <laughs> I have a plan to move on with my life. You said you've been traveling. Yeah. Where's the, your favorite place you've been in the last year or so? Uh, my favorite place I've been in the last year is Tokyo, which Ooh. I think is just uh, the coolest city in the world. But I will say the place I've been the most for a total of in the last 10 months, I think I've been there for a total of like 35 days is London, which is oh home to Ari. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and can I, I think little inside, really good accent. Little inside tip: if nobody's ever been there, go and do that. And they, if you if you're like, they oh, I got my I got my oh bottle. Like if you say like what bottle and shit like that, they'll love you. They'll smile. They'll be like, this is great. We love Americans. Uh, it'll kill. Trust me. Okay, that sounds like really sound advice. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going, going to, to trust it blindly. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Should I also mention the tele and like give them a big wink? Yes, like, uh, say telly, use the word chuffed, uh, call your underwear pants and your pants slacks. What else? Wait, what else? chuffed is a great word. Chuffed though. is fantastic. That's, a, that's yes. solid. Absolutely. God, I remember like walking into like any random restaurant or coffee shop in like anywhere in France and like I didn't, I wouldn't open my mouth. Mm-hmm. I would just walk in in silent and they would be like American menu. Yes. And I'm like, how do you know that? It's the way we dress. <laughs> it's my face. It's the lack of any sense of fashion or coordination for the most of us that they're like, ah, oh oh, you're dressing on an American tier. Let me go ahead um, and give you I that am dr- I'm living out of a 10 pound backpack right now, madame. <laughs> oh, uh, mademoiselle, I see your teeth are not cigarette stained. Uh, <laughs> cheeseburger for you? Here you are walking into my shop like you belong here. Clearly, <laughs> clearly it is the entitlement of an American. And of course, I assume you visited uh, Beaubouton? Of course. Yes, <laughs> in, the, in the hills of France. Mm-hmm. You walked around going, <sighs> and butterflies right. flew out of your hair. But yes, and that's how they knew I was a woman. <laughs> butterflies, as Lavar Burton uh, once proclaimed, butterflies in her hair. <laughs> it's in her look. She's a woman. She is a woman. I've been thinking about Lavar Burton a lot this week because by the time this episode comes out, it'll be over. But this week in which we are recording is Banned Books Week. Mm. And Lavar Burton is the honorary chair of the board. board, I don't know what it's Banned Books Board. I'm not sure exactly what the name of it is. What do you mean easy for me to say? It was actually pretty hard for me to say. There's a lot of B's involved. So triple B, just I have to mentally, I have to put this in my mind palace. Sorry, give me one second. Uh Uh-huh. Triple B... LeVar Burton, Triple D, Guy Fieri. Okay, I got it. What? Oh, yeah, okay, I got it. <laughs> band, book, band Book Board is Triple B, Triple uh, yeah, D, okay, Dinosaur yeah. Drivers and Dinosaur Drivers, Guy Fieri. Right, okay, okay I'm with you. I, I got it, I got it. Um, that is very cool. I got married about two years ago, maybe three years ago now, and one day I'm going to get to Tokyo for my honeymoon, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a That's honeymoon? Did you go somewhere? No, because we got married in June 2020. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which we did on purpose because we didn't want to have to invite people. Um, and yet they and still came. <laughs> and it, well, they, they literally did. Andrew actually um, served as our, what? Officiant? Yeah. Wow. Our priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Your priestly, a, priestly priest. Very priestly. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping to go to Tokyo next year. So I might be reaching out for some wrecks, um, just Absolutely. like I did when I went to New Orleans. Um 
You also said you've been seeing some theater. What's your favorite show you've seen recently? So the reason I've gone to London for over a month uh, in, in separate visits is there's a show out there by Punch Drunk Theater, which is my favorite theater company. Did They do Sleep No More in New York, which you might have heard of. They had a show. No, I haven't heard, I'm not very oh, in the know about theater. Um, so they, they became popular for a show called Sleep No More, which is 100 rooms in a giant sort of uh, building. And it's like Macbeth meets uh, the book Rebecca with some other oh, it's elements. it's like interactive? It's immersive, yeah. So it's like you, oh, put, you put on a mask and you cool. walk around and you follow whatever you want. There's like 30 characters wow. and they run around. They run up and down <gasps> stairs. They go in rooms. Um, but they had a new show in London for the last year that uh, my wife and I became obsessed with. It's our favorite thing. It's our favorite piece of media, art, et cetera, that we've ever consumed. Damn. So we went and saw it 22 times, but it's called The Burnt City. It just closed, and it was uh, a mashup of Greek mythology and uh, Homer's The Odyssey and The Iliad and um, all this cool stuff and Hades and Persephone, and it was uh, unbelievable. So, so cool. That wow. is so fucking cool. Holy shit. Yeah. The Thinking about the planning that would go into something like that is like mind boggling. Truly, the, the the movement, it's a lot of dance. It's a lot of um, cues and music. It's a, a three hour show that loops. It's an hour that loops three times. So it's three hours total, but it just oh my God. keeps looping. Is is that so you have the opportunity to see the different parts of it? Because yep. it's it, it is it not like linear? Uh, there's some amount of uh, there's a few stories or tracks that are linear. Like there's. Two okay. tracks. I guess it's ended, so I can spoil it. Hades and Persephone are outside the loop. They help control it to some degree, is what the oh. pre presumption is. But the rest of the folks, um, whether common or gods, are stuck in a loop. Um, so uh, yeah, it gives you a chance to see everything because the scope of it, scope of it is massive. Like I think they okay. said, if you follow every character for one hour for one entire loop, it would take you like seventeen and a half shows to see the entire My to God. see Holy everything shit. or something. So the scope of it is insane, plus music and so lighting, and yeah, it's that's why you had to go back twenty times to try to like really yes see it all. Yes, that's yes, so yes, cool, yes. man. Hades and Persephone, like this is so funny because they're conceptually like five thousand years old, but they're experiencing a real pop culture resurgence right now. Um, like people are very into Hades and Persephone is, right now. Is Hapeperpi having a moment? <laughs> <laughs> that's almost a worse ship name than Harry Cho Harry. <laughs> I would love the, a reality where like the 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 reemergence of love of classical mythology turns into like actual belief, which I yeah. genuinely could see happening. Might, might paganism, as well, yeah. No offense, people might as just, well. Yeah, I mean. You know, start abandoning the gods which have abandoned us and take up the ones we thought we've left behind. Yeah. I am very prepared to initiate a brand new cult of Dionysus. Okay. Like I'll take I'll I'll head that project. Mm -hmm. And Madeline Miller will be our uh our uh, our Pope, basically, a wonderful author. Okay. And the yeah. game the game Hades will be like um that'll be like proof, documented proof. Our of, covenants. Uh, our covenant, okay. thank you so much. Uh, okay. We really got something here. Yeah. I'll reach out. We'll develop this Guys, further. are we starting a cult? Are we starting oh a cult? I think we're starting a cult. Um, oh, Elon yeah. Hubbard called. <laughs> <laughs> they have a phone on that boat of theirs. <laughs> <laughs> you know that religion you're looking for? Well, listen to this. And <laughs> I got the next thing for you. Um, all right. I guess we have to talk about Harry Potter. Ugh. Oh, so Adol, I brought you onto this episode because uh, it, uh, because our listener Mots was like, you should invite Adol on for chapter 13 and call it Hey Secret Riddle. 
Because the name of the chapter is The Secret Red All. Okay, well then, let's see. Mots, thank you so much. I love your applesauce. Hey, here's what I'll have to do. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ba, 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 ba. A potter with a pensive. Ba, 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 ba. We'll have, we have to do some sort of potter parade, right? Is that a thing? Right, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. A principal with a, cr- a fucked up hand. Ba, 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 ba. I, I've, I've never done improv. I have no idea. What Context, we both went first. Huh, okay. I, I, I'm I, a, a thing with. Wow, dead, uh, uh, you're done. Fuck. You're out of here, Andrew. I thought uh, two examples would be enough to learn <laughs> two two guess, fairly uh, <laughs> innocuous examples. A, po- a podcaster without a clue. Da, 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 I like da, the, da, da. I like the idea of someone's like out in public, and a person comes up and goes, "Hi, I'm uh, I'm Rob Sullivan," and the other person goes, "Yeah, that's Rob Sullivan, and uh, my name is uh, Dick Williams." And then Andrew goes, uh, I'm so sorry. I've never, I've, <laughs> I've never met do. someone before. Uh, huh. This is awkward. This is, oof. And they're like, start with your name. <laughs> do, do I, do I go now? Next? It's too late. Do you have one? My name is, An- oh, 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 <laughs> oh shit. Damn, damn it. No, that was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, that was perfect. Potter parade. <laughs> <laughs> So chapter 13, The Secret Riddle. I wrote down on my to-do list like a week ago. I wrote down, Adel, make up fake riddles for this episode. And I was like, mm. oh, like, it'll one of them will be like, what's what's like, um, uh, uh, if you have British money, you give it a scratch, quid itch. And I was like, Adel, you genius. <laughs> You've done it. Quid itch, money scratch, come on. And then uh, I just didn't get around to it. <laughs> uh, the, the best laid plans of mice and men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is the thought that counts, so I'm honored. Thank you. So the secret riddle, it's a bit funny because, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like he's a secret, but that's fine. People just didn't know about him. No, she is so clever. Come on, Tina. This is so clever. Wordplay. Wordplay. What's the wordplay? The secret riddle. And then the the secret riddle, like a riddle. You're thinking you're thinking it's going to be a riddle. He's the riddle. Maybe, maybe that's the riddle. I think. Mm. Wait, who's Tina? Is that me? Tina. Okay. <laughs> wait. Oh, okay. I've never heard you call Tina before. It's okay. I I accept both. Okay. Don't call me Chris, though. Don't call I me. Will not accept that. Late for dinner. Can I call you Tina? <laughs> Please. Fuck yeah. Okay. Thank you. I was just confused. I think uh, well, 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 I'm going to let things proceed. Uh, not, not that I'm letting anything proceed. I'm, uh, I'm a guest. <laughs> uh, so sorry. Weird. Um, I think I solved the riddle. I think I know what the riddle is. I think I solved it. And, okay. and uh, at some point I'll bring it up. Okay. 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 There we go. I eagerly await. So in the last chapter, Katie got cursed. <laughs> that sounds like a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> this summer, Katie got yes. cursed, starring well, Jennifer Connelly as touched by a necklace. <laughs> there's a lot of that going because it's Halloween season, so there actually is a lot of that going around right now. The one that can, comes to mind is the X Hex. So, <laughs> oh, Ka- Katie got cursed. Maybe I'll write that one. <laughs> so she's she gets taken to St. Mungo's, and like everyone's talking about it, but nobody really knows what happened because it was only Harry, Ron, Hermione, and. Leanne were there when it happened. Okay, here's my first question. I start. I haven't read this series in six, seven years. It's, who is that's Lu- for the best? Who, is who the Leanne? fuck is Leanne? No, 
Leanne I mean, Rhimes? she's Katie's. She's, she's Katie's friend. Okay. I don't even know if they give her a last name, but they, they probably do, and I probably didn't write it down. But um, she is literally just Katie's friend. In, she has never done anything in her life. I in my head, I was like, I know these books pretty well. I've read the whole <laughs> series three times, and then I sat down to read this chapter, and I'm like, just a refresher, and it was like. Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Leanne set out, and I was like, who the fuck? <laughs> She's just like the poor, sad girl who was like taking a walk with her best friend when her best friend got cursed. Like, yeah. that would suck. It's like going She's back to- She's just like crying. It's like, watch, like going back to read Lord of the Rings, and it's like, Gimli, Legolas, and Darren all set out. <laughs> it's like, I don't remember Darren. Was he a- I think I maybe got like a bootlegged yeah, version of what's this happening? one. <laughs> The next day, it's time for Harry's next lesson with Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. And that's like the whole chapter is Harry's next lesson with Dumbledore, which is fun and cool because honestly, six books in, I'm a little sick of fucking about Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't read. Anytime I read St. Mungo's, I have to do the, I don't know if you know the song, the Hey Mambo, Mambo Italiano. Italiano. I have uh, to do, I have to do St. Mungo's, St. Mungo. Eh, it's just uh, Italiano. Yeah, it's yeah, Italiano. Yeah, it's a curse. <laughs> Um, oh, Adel got cursed. <laughs> so Dumbledore like updates us about Katie. He, she's not good. It's she's doing poorly. Um, but luckily, she, so she got cursed by a necklace. Somebody like freaking hoodwinked her into carrying this I, necklace up to the castle. We don't know who for. I think hoodwinked is a little bit of a light term to use for endangered the life of and yeah, potentially she got murdered. Imperious. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'd be like saying, like, well, she got a little befuddled when they, yeah. you know, when they put some drugs <laughs> well, she in did. Her, like, <laughs> she did. <laughs> I was hung upside down by my neck and uh, my fingernails were ripped out. Sounds like you were bamboozled, sir. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That sounds like a whoopsie daisy. <laughs> I wish you had known the answer to the riddle. <laughs> well, it actually, it actually, like, is just a little whoopsie daisy because, like, it could have. The implication is it could have been like much, much worse because she only touched the necklace like very slightly, the curse necklace, through a hole in her glove. <laughs> Which is, I believe, in some religions, the only way to touch a necklace. If your husband has a necklace, you have to touch it through a hole in a glove. Otherwise, I think it's a sin. <laughs> I, I've heard that as well. I've yeah. heard that as yes. well. This yeah. is true. I I do love the fact that apparently surface area has an effect on magical transference. Like yeah. I would have assumed that the cursed talisman would kill you no matter how much you touched it. Like yeah. I thought it would be a binary thing, not like a, well, luckily it was through the whole of a war. Like Katie's family had really shitty gloves. And yeah. to be honest, that's the reason that she's in St. Mungo's right now. <laughs> yeah. It does seem like a cursed, not cursed situation. Yeah. Not like a, well, you got, only a little bit of it. Just a little bit cursed. Because it's like, I think you can get a little bit cursed if someone is like actively cursing you and they like don't do a good job or there's like some other kind of interference. But yeah. if the if the necklace is already 100% cursed. Yeah. I, I, and you touch that necklace. I got brazed by Avada Kedavra. So I like had a really bad cold the next week. <laughs> it, but luckily, you know. <laughs> the implications of that are very funny. It's like after a battle, everyone has the sniffles. <laughs> but that is how, I mean, magic is different, but like that is how bullets work. You don't get a cold, but you get grazed and you're you're like, fine. You just yeah. have like, yeah. just about a flesh wound. But 
Magic is dumber than bullets. But actually. magic should involve <laughs> magic. So, yeah, I guess maybe the necklace was like, hmm. She seems innocent. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold my punches. <laughs> Here's what I'll compare it to: as someone who uh, was looking to go into zoology uh, at a, at a certain age and never did, I know that rattlesnakes and some other poisonous snakes, when they bite, they have no control over how much venom gets injected in their bites. So you yeah. could get oh. like, you could get like a gallon. You could get zero. So it's something of like, or at least this is the knowledge when I was reading uh, books on snakes in uh, 1993. Oh, so it like ranges? Yeah. So I think it's a thing of like the venom isn't, there isn't like a gauge of like, it, it's not like a, a bartender jigger or something where it's like the perfect pour each time. Oh. It's something where it's like the the venom just sort of like, uh, maybe it's the angle of the bite or something, but it's, it's a different dosage each time. So maybe that's how Whoa. magic works is like. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, it's like a young snake. It, it just yeah. shoots everything. <laughs> yes. And this is a total Slytherin attack, so mm-hmm. the snake metaphor, maybe they did that on purpose because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, I heard this thing about this rattlesnake. Maybe. Parcel. So I, my, my other thing that kind of popped in my head with this is if if something can be that common of an item and be cursed that badly, you just would never touch anything. Right. Like everyone would be germaphobic if you knew that any item in your world could be cursed in such a way that you die upon picking it up. I like feel the- like it's I, I feel like maybe the one to one is like after I want to say like World War Two or something or Korean War. There's like certain areas of Europe and Asia where it's like we know that there's like thirty five hundred landmines. We can't remember where they are. And, yeah. and like a lot of people were like, well, I just I simply will not step in this area and then farmers were like we gotta get back to work i need to plow yeah and so like 30 years later somebody would blow up and there's people working on it to be like we're slowly finding them so maybe it's that kind of thing of like there's a team dedicated to slowly sifting through the sands to find these cursed items i don't know maybe well that's um i mean to some extent that's what arthur weasley does at the misuse of muggle artifacts office like a cursed necklace i think would fall under that yeah yes true I, I'm just imagining like, I don't know, anytime I've ever played D&D, the first time that you like get hit by a trap, every other room in that dungeon, you're going to be like, <laughs> I inspect for traps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like You always make that roll after that first Once hit. trapped, twice shy, yes. Exactly. So I'm just imagining like from that point on, everyone just has like a, hey, I keep this small, unintelligent animal in my pocket. And whenever <laughs> I'm about to pick something up. Ooh, I did play um, a campaign with like an artificer who had like a little, do you remember in Spy Kids too? He has like this little like (laughs) spider thing and the artificer had like a little spider thing that he would send ahead to trip all the traps. Uh, What's this now? Excuse me? Uh, Like a a little robot spider that he made because he's an artificer. Just like a little, but but there's also a really cool scene in Spy Kids (laughs) too that involves a robot spider. Cool is a very objective word Um, in this sense. If if Wild Wild West has taught me anything, it's that (laughs) any movie with a mechanical spider is good. Yeah. Um, which... Because the damsel that's in distress would be out of that dress. Spy Kids has the spider... Is are any mm, of the spider no, movies spi- worth not watching? Not the spider monkey. It's too hard to Google. Are those worth watching? Um, it's one of those where I actually cannot tell you how good they would be without the nostalgia factor. Okay. 
Um, I think they're extremely fun. Um, and they have like a lot of what I consider to be like grown up actors doing fun kid stuff like Machete and like um Tommy Chong and um freaking Steve Buscemi's in the second one. So it's like, what are you guys doing here? I don't know. They're just having fun. So it's like it's fun. Okay. I think they're fun. All right. Okay. The whole time you're watching it, it's like dun, 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 Spy Kids. And then you're watching like other movies that are being ridiculously traumatic and your brain is just like, ah, spy kids. <laughs> I would say no, okay. but it may Fine. be, maybe. <laughs> did you watch them with the Spy Kids with us when we watched it like mm -hmm. six months ago, Andrew? I did. Okay. What did if, you watch them as a kid? I did. What and if, your answer is no. My, my answer would probably be no. What right. about Shark Boy and Lava Girl? I actually don't remember that one. Mm -hmm. I remember that not liking that one when I had previously. <laughs> At the time, liked Spy Kids, so I would guess no. Yeah, I can't account for that. But then I will simply continue to avoid movies made for 12 to 14 year olds, I guess. I think you should watch my kids one and two. But then the third one has Elijah Wood in it. Like, they're really fun. What? Okay, whatever. Okay. I just, I, I do also just enjoy stuff that's for children sometimes, like TV shows. Um. Anyway, what the hell are we talking about? So we're in some we're stupid in, book. Harry asked Dumbledore, where have you, where have you been? <laughs> um, and Dumbledore is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good try. <laughs> um, Harry then says that he caught, as we saw in the last chapter, caught Mundungus stealing a bunch of shit from Grimald Place. And Dumbledore's like, I'm on it. And it's like, okay, cool. You've seemed like pretty on stuff this whole time, I guess. I trust you. Yeah, Dumbledore's just like, I'm going to use the most British way possible to say he has, in fact, been stealing from you. <laughs> he's been light-fingered? Is that what it was? Yeah, he's been, like, light-fingering your inheritance, or your duly earned inheritance, or something Is that the weird like that. It's... I'm guessing He's been lightly fingering you. Well, <laughs> well, hold on, that's something else. That's all. Uh, that's mandatory reporting at that point. Dumbledore doesn't have a choice. Listen, and we've right all so. been light fingered by Bundugus in the back by of Bundugus a movie theater. <laughs> we've come on, who hasn't? Um, oh my god! I assume light fingered means like you're you're so adept at stealing that it's like you. Like heavy fingered, you'd be like knocking over a lamp, right? Heavy handed, right. right? Yeah, so I like, think it's... it seems connected to like sleight of hand, but like yeah. a light you know, touch, like, like being light, able to light, yeah. yeah. What it really means is that he can do the thing like in cartoons where he tiptoes on his toes really lightly, <laughs> and it makes that sound. Yep. <laughs> okay, I am looking it up. Um, dexterous in taking, mm. that is why I mm. think light dexterous it's like when i grab stuff it's like <laughs> i think it's like different from that you got clonk hands do you <laughs> i got clonk doctors hands. call it clonk hands <laughs> it's clonking about um harry also is like i think that draco malfoy is guilty of cursing katie and Dumbledore's like, D yes, I'll, we know. I'll look into it. You're here for a lesson. <laughs> I'm not interested in hearing about your boyfriend. Truly. You you would think that at this point, anytime that anything happened at Hogwarts, Dumbledore would just go ahead and send Harry and Al the next morning. Like, I understand you're going to barge in my office later today and tell me that it's Draco Malfoy. Like, I'm saving you the trip. No, we the know letter the letter would say, I have investigated Draco Malfoy as a suspect, and he is clear. Thank you. <laughs> I have preemptively <laughs> investigated your boyfriend. Uh, speaking uh, 20 minutes ago of The Simpsons, 
It feels Sorry. like Draco Malfoy is just like Bart Simpson, basically, right? How so? He's just a little scamp who is always in okay. trouble. He does. He doesn't. You know, he's not bad deep down. He's just. I don't know. Wasn't raised right. Uneducated well, dad. Definitely wasn't yeah. raised right. Yeah. We are planning on having a bonus episode at some point to talk about like if Draco Malfoy is is like good or bad mm. among other characters like Dumbledore and Snape like like as we kind of start to wrap up the series like are these good people mm-hmm. or are they not and like who's to blame for the way they turned out Homies so I, th- I think that's a good question but I think that Bart Simpson is a lovable scamp I think Draco <laughs> Malfoy is like a slithery slithery <laughs> motherfucker although in all fairness Bart Simpson was based off of Richie Rich and that mm-hmm. is that- like that that is like Draco Malfoy, right? Yeah. Like if you if you it's have Richie a racist Rich. lens in your head, looking at Draco Malfoy is just Richie Rich. Do you not know Richie Rich? I I said who is Richie Rich two times. He's like he, Scrooge McDuck, is. but a kid. But a kid, yeah. He like oh, has a butler okay. that follows him around and does everything for him. Okay, so the name is the joke. Swimming swimming pool full of gems and gold. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. It's like a Macaulay old- Culkin, I think. It was an oh, old it's, comic, yeah. No, it's someone who looks like Macaulay Culkin, I right. think. I'm a kid. No, I'm an adult. Um, okay. It, it asked me. <laughs> wait, why? <laughs> How did I get on? Oh, Jenny Ortega. No, wait, what the hell? This is a TV show from fucking 2015. I can't, that cannot be what you guys are talking about. <laughs> it is Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> this damn TV show. Tina, here's me. what I'll say. In Googling for Richie Rich, at no point should you have to verify your age. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't know. It, it was literally Jenny Ortega.fandom.com because I was on the TV show version and it asked me if I was a kid or a grown-up. <laughs> also, I, I, I was wrong. I'm realizing now before someone can correct me, Bart was based off of Dennis the Menace, not Richie Rich. Mm. That mm. was completely messed that up. That makes more sense. But same prototype, just different accents, yeah. right? Instead of a slingshot, it's a wand. Yeah. Sure. Um, that actually reminds me, Andrew, I meant to start the show with a correction from last week. Um, so I'll just do it really quickly here, just randomly in the I first middle. I was like, how the fuck were you going to start with the correction? I didn't fuck up already. Or have no, you no, been no. saving this forever? I misspoke last week, and I just want to get this on the record in Podland. That my, my plug from last week was um, the book One Last Stop by Casey McQuinston. And I, as I was talking about that book, I was looking for the author's pronouns. And I think I must have like an older edition of the book that uses she, her pronouns. But I have learned since then that Casey McQuiston uses they, them pronouns. Consider my ass corrected. And moving forward, I will use they, them pronouns for Casey McQuiston. Don't at me. Although you've had ample time. It's been a week since I made that error. <laughs> but I do apologize. And I blame the fact that sometimes books are old. So, Huh. Sometimes books are old. Old. Yeah, I think yeah. hold I on. I think you're Wait. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever open a book and it just smells like no one's touched it in a hundred years? Excuse me, what? That sounded way too sexual. <laughs> no, you know. Well, I'm a bit of a bibliophile. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new memory for the pensieve. You've been here for a pensieve bit uh p- chapter before Adol, because I remember a vi- of much longer than it needed to be conversation about the word pensieve. <laughs> We we're like, oh, this. It, the, some I think, like as a kid, you're like, this is genius, and then as an adult, you're like, conceive. That's not that genius. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the words penis and sieve combined. Exactly. <laughs> 
or penis Ive. You take your silverly, silver little goop out of your head. We know what that is. Brain cum. Come on. <laughs> it is very jizzy. Yeah. Like in look and feel, it's very jizzy. Feel? Well, uh, how do memories like feel to you, vi- Tina? Viscosity. Oh, you're viscosity. like how some musicians can like see uh, colors when they play music. Synthesis you, can, you can feel yeah, I, I words. Can feel all, all comes that I, <laughs> I oh, 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 I wasn't saying that. Hey, listener, I just want to let that, uh, rewind. Rewind thirty seconds. I never said that. <laughs> let it be known. Um. Just like a quick little interlude, um, Andrew and I did a whole bonus episode about, um, I think that's coming up in November, about translated versions of Harry Potter. It was like Mm. one of the most interesting things I've ever researched in my life. Um, As you can imagine, translating Harry Potter is like a very big, hard job. We go into a lot more detail in that bonus episode. But one thing that I thought was funny in particular is, um, you know, all of these made up words like pensive. The, the, both halves of that word, like pen and like see, like pensive and seed, have meaning in English that like kind of walks us up to like what this made up object is. Mm-hmm. And so, like in a different language, it wouldn't carry that same kind of like indication of meaning. A lot of words in Harry Potter are like that. So that's like that was, is a huge part of the trouble with translating Harry Potter. But I thought it was really interesting that a lot of languages like made up their own versions so this is like uh just a sneak peek from that bonus episode which you can get for if you sign up for our five dollar month here on the patreon um in german for example um the translator klaus fritz came up with the word dankarium which in german like has Mm. like um like dank thinking and like the connotation of the word aquarium as a container so it's like the same kind of word the same kind of made up word, like in that language, it carries meaning in a way that like pensive wouldn't to them because pensive is like a Latin word. I grow my marijuana in a dank query. In a dankery. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Huh. Okay. I was going to say, it sounds like the name of like that one really sketchy, like back room at an apartment at a college that you go to. The dank area. The dank area. <laughs> smells slightly moist every yeah. time you go in. You're like, ugh. I feel like I've, definitely been invited up to a guy's Dankarium before yeah. and it was not worth it. I would believe that like Chris Cornell's college band was called Dankarium. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's good. And their logo, remember um, in Order of the Phoenix, in the book, they find that like tub of brains with like tentacles or oh, whatever. Oh yeah. And- yep. Maybe that'll be the logo for the yeah. Dankarium. <laughs> it's like it's like a classic like Bob Marley poster, except instead of Bob Marley, you have a brain with tentacles floating down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> but it's still a black light poster. Like mm-hmm. it's of course, of course. Still a black light poster. And it would look great in a Dankarium. In a Dankarium. <laughs> and the brains are still Zionists, so Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so new memory for the Pensieve. Dumbledore explains that Tom Riddle Sr. abandoned Merope pregnant in London. Oh, my God. Adol, you've recently been to London. Uh, <laughs> Did you yes. see an abandoned pregnant woman? <laughs> not only have I not seen that, I have never met anyone named Merope. And here's here's where I think I solved the riddle of this chapter. Okay. Now, as I was reading it, I realized this is something I told Tina before the episode. I realized for the first time ever how terrible a lot of these names are. And I was, sure. I was like, is, how do you pronounce this? Me rope. And then I was that's, like, me, my, me rope. That's funny. Like my rope. And then the very next thing they say is home in little Hangleton. And I was like, uh, Hangleton has the word hang in it. So within a very short amount of time and uh, space on page, it says me rope hang 
Later, they talk about a rabbit that was hung. And I realized this chapter oh. is about autoerotic asphyxiation, <laughs> which I think is what uh, Tom Riddle did. Now, do I want to okay. get into this? Yes. Yes. I mean, they, they talk about he's done bad things that yeah. we don't understand. Yeah. Well, maybe just misjudged things, you know, like. Dangerous things. Tautness perhaps. of the rope. Um, and here, I hear that you're a practitioner of the rope. <laughs> Here's something I noticed is maybe like nine to 12 times in this chapter, the adjective little is used. They use little over and over. So the, the uh, town that the home is in is called Little Hangleton. They call uh, it the little old man. They call one of the women that went into the cave with Tom Riddle little. Uh, at some point, Dumbledore says, take a look at that little table over there. They keep it's saying little. And, I'm, and I don't know if that's, if we're tying that into autoerotic association, which I hope we are. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What, uh, I don't want to say. I don't want to. I was like, what's the end of that? JR is <laughs> just bringing her own self-worth into, yeah. uh, into everything she writes. That's what it is. But really. Well, I actually think the opposite. I think she's like. I'm gonna tell. The, I'm gonna tell this little story. Yes, yeah. and it's gonna be. It's gonna be a little cute story. It is worth noting that Little Hangleton is right next to. Would you guess it? Greater Hangleton, which infuriates <laughs> me. I, I've heard that that's how much of the UK is named, and that yeah, just makes buddy. me mad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Merope, um, it, uh, according to the internet, the American pronunciation is Merope, but. The only okay. way you could make the name Merope worse is to pronounce it that way. Well, so that's how I always read it was Merope. Yeah. That's how I always read it too. So um Jim Dale in the audiobook says Merope. He definitely does. When I Googled it, it was like, um, which I have to do a lot for this show, the UK pronunciation said Merope rhymes with therapy, which is something that she could have benefited mm. from. Yeah. According to Nameberry.com. Merope means bee eater bird, which is very interesting <laughs> because Dumbledore means bumblebee. Huh. Mm. So and later on, they talk about uh, uh, his behavior being magpie-ish, too. Yeah. Oh, and it's very funny because, I mean, J.K. Rowling, horrible person, um, yes. names every single character and plant and shop with way too much intent yeah so she was definitely going for something here too much mustard on the ball i will say also uh in, in, which i dislike they constantly re, uh refer to merope as or merope as like hideous and yeah. if you look in her name m-e-r-o-p-e -E, the word perm is in there so Hmm. I think eagle-eyed readers can assume she had a massive '80s perm, which made <laughs> which made her appear like I can picture her glamour shots and people being like, "Yikes, bikes!" Well, especially because I think this was um, taking place in the '50s, so they yeah. would have been like, "What are you doing?" She time traveler ahead of her time. <laughs> Harry's like, "How do you know that Tom abandoned Merope pregnant in London?" And Dumbledore's like, "I'm guessing, but I'm always right," <laughs> which is I say that a lot. And it's true, but it's infuriating to watch somebody else do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those lines that I used to absolutely love. And as time has gone on and on, it's like, dude, you're dealing with children's lives here. Maybe don't pat yourself on the back for being good at guessing. Dude, he will never stop patting himself. He's going to die patting himself on the back straight up. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, good move, Dumbledore, as he's like falling from the tower. <laughs> I planned this out great. <laughs> Damn, I'm good. 
So Dumbledore starts by playing a memory. So you, you can like go into the pensieve, but you can also play little memories like coming up out of the pensieve. Yeah, like Star so, Wars communicator style. Yeah, like a hot, like, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So he plays a memory from Caractacus Burke. Jesus Christ. Ugh. I'm going to Google this one. Well, Pierce. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Boinka What are we doing? Um, It apparently is an actual name. Ugh, sorry. I'm so sorry. There's probably a listener just, <laughs> uh, there's probably a listener right now in England being like, what? Oh, my. <laughs> Um, apparently, Caractacus Car- Car- Potts is in the novel Chitty Ch- in the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So hmm. there's precedent for Caractacus. Well, and apparently, the last person to ever watch that movie was born like decades ago. So <laughs> it also looks like Caractacus was a first century British chieftain who stood up to the invasion of the Roman army. So that's cool. All right. It means dear friend, and it's Irish Gaelic. So that's oh. just something about it sounds prickly. Yeah. Kind of like probably because it's cactus. giving cactus. It's giving cactus. <laughs> and then Burke is a very common name. Um, I grew up in Burke, Virginia, kind of. <laughs> I just Googled Burke with nothing. I'm just interested. Um, You're just ooh. Googling today. Burke means to suppress quietly or indirectly. That's very funny. I'm going to start using that. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to go Burke him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, guys. I think Tina's going to go kill that guy. <laughs> you, it depends on how receptive he is to the Burke. To the Burking. <laughs> how well do you take a Burking, sir? <laughs> so, Caractacus Burke. You could have had a name with so fewer letters in it, but you didn't. <laughs> this is Burke from Borgen and Burks, which is like the bad guy store that we keep going back to. <laughs> Earlier this book, uh, Harry followed his boyfriend there and saw him doing some sketchy behavior. This makes, I didn't pick up on that. Tina, this makes so much sense because Caracas Burke, if (laughs) if he owns that store, which is full of dark items, right? Yes. They, one paragraph down, they describe him as, I believe it's him, a ghost. No, hold on. This is maybe somebody else. A ghost, but much more solid with a thatch of hair that completely covered his eyes. Who covers their eyes with their hair? Emo Dogs. people, goths. Oh. Right? Okay, so he was ahead of his time too. Yeah, the swoopy oh, there's hair. There's a lot of forward-thinking hairstyles going on in this. Yeah, and he probably dressed the same way that they would too in 1800s. Yeah, <laughs> English gentleman. Hair that covers the eyes. Yeah, he's an emo kid. He owns. He's he basically owns like kid. the 1950s gadzooks. <laughs> <laughs> Non-conforming as could be. You'd be an emo. You'd be emo too if you were just. Like me. <laughs> Cracticus B. <laughs> so in the little holograph thing, he's ex- hologram? Hologram. Hologasm. He's in the memory. He's explaining how Merope sold him like the necklace with the S on it. The one that in the last flashback we got to see like Marvolo Gaunt being like, you say this fucking necklace is from Slytherin. And the guy, who, the cop who was there was like, I don't care about that. I'm here about how you abused somebody else. I understand that you're a Fremen on the land. That has nothing to do. So Dumbledore guesses that Mary P stopped using magic after Tom Riddle left her like and was like, w- like literally that meme. That's like, guess I'll die. Yeah. Because she was like sad. Like I really... We've been talking a lot in this book about how Tonks is depressed and has lost control of her powers and her pensive has changed because she's like dick whipped over Remus Lupin. 
And now we have Merope, who's just like, I will. I would rather die than find the strength to c- use magic to save my life and my child. It's giving fucking Padme, who's like, mm-hmm. I oh no, my husband <laughs> might be evil. I'll just die. Why do people write women like this? <laughs> I have no respect for myself, and I have the big sad. So I guess I'll lose my ability to use magic. It's like. Their women are so strong. Childbirth is so hard. So many women give it their all and it still fucking destroys them. But you're going to have this bitch choose to die (laughs) (laughs) just because. Maybe J.K. Rowling was a fan of like Virginia Woolf, who I think put stones in her pockets and walked into the ocean or Sylvia Plath. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. I think that J.K. Rowling would probably love to say that she is she would obsessed love the with Sylvia Plath yeah. and Virginia Woolf. She's like, and that's how you know I'm a feminist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Harry's like, what? She just abandoned her son? And Dumbledore's like, whoa, whoa. Do you feel sorry for Voldemort? And it's like, <laughs> so what if I do? Like, compassion is a strength, my dude. He does seem like he's in the Dankorium just like, so bro, <laughs> are you telling me I just got you to feel empathy towards Voldemort? Because guess what? <laughs> That's the first step. That's the first step, bro. Loves how we're going to win, bro. A couple years ago, there was like this post going around the internet and it was this guy who was like, I will defend any, like name anyone and I'll defend their actions. And people were like, fucking Hitler, Machiavelli, like, I don't know, t- other terrible people. Genghis Khan. And he, yeah. w- he was like very convincingly defending them. And this this reminds me of that. It's like <laughs> his mother left him. But like, truly, who's to say that her choice to let herself die in this way, like, didn't change every. It did. Like, it did. It just did change everything for Voldemort. Like, it. This is his villain origin story, basically. I do like yeah. when they're talking about the necklace, um, where they're, they're seeing the memory with the necklace and like how he confirmed that it was the authentic real deal and all this stuff, the real McCoy, that it almost sounds like there's, it's almost like a version of uh, magical antiques roadshow kind of thing. <laughs> of like The amount of people who come in and are like, this is Merlin's favorite teapot and all this stuff. Um, I think is very, very funny. Like I want to, I want to hear side stories, like spinoff stories of like someone trying to hawk magical items, like as if they are uh, owned by XYZ. I think that's very funny. That would magic antiques roadshow would be so good. I I don't know if you want, if you want to cut this because you probably don't want to talk about it, but they're doing that new TV show. The only way that I would ever give it any redeeming possibility is if they include a segment for like a bumper <laughs> of like God. the guy working the Borg and Burke's counter getting the yeah. shit brought in just like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so me mother told me that this came from my great aunt Sadie. <laughs> and he's just sitting there. He's like, I've got like four pebbles in the back that'll kill you if you touch them. Will you please try them on? This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> And every single thing turns out to be like an old timey whiskey bottle. They're like, you see here at the bottom, this was whiskey. <laughs> this was a promotional item yeah. made by Coca-Cola in the forties. Yeah. <laughs> so this time we're going into Dumbledore's personal memory and uh, okay. And we're there. We're in Dumbledore's personal memory. And I totally either didn't know or forgot. Dumby's a, Dumby's a ginger. He's a ginger. Yeah. Wow. Touch of the ginge. Well, in the, uh, so a couple things about that. In the film, he is still gray. 
and elderly. He actually does not look a lot younger. They just put him in a suit and cut his hair in the film. And it is worth noting that in this scene, he is still over 100 years old. (laughs) They're like, he was so young. His hair was red. (laughs) Nuts. His aging is so inconsistent. (laughs) But I do picture him. Hmm. Who am I thinking of? The way that they describe Rufus Grimshower as like, no, I was not thinking of (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like a pretty fly suit that Dumbledore is wearing. It does sound fly. But I'm thinking of like the new prime minister, Rufus Scrimshaw, the Uh, way they describe him as like a lion, though. Like Dumbledore is kind of like with his red hair, I think it's like giving lion energy. If lion was played by Bozo the Clown. Big red hair. The suit, the suit really seems like, yeah, like uh, David Bowie or it seems like 70s rock star or something. Right. How do they describe it? Is it like an unusual suit? They say it. I think they say it's uh, velvet and it's flamboyantly cut and the color of plum. Which oh, okay. Sounds okay. like you so, know. It's a, it's flashy, but it is still in at the end of the day a suit. Yeah. It almost Luckily. sounds like the Joker's suit from like the Ooh. Batman cartoon. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But with a redhead at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the black hand, please. <laughs> please. I've been asking you for so long. <laughs> he just reaches across the table and starts poking Harry with the yeah. dead finger. Poke. You want to see this <laughs> wand disappear? And he grabs a kid's head and puts it through the wand. <laughs> Ta-da! So we're in a busy London street and young, hot, sexy, 100-year-old Dumbledore is walking down the street. Fresh into the triple Uh, digits. (laughs) Yeah. And he knocks on the door of a building. He has an appointment with Mrs. Cole, the matron. This is an orphanage. We enter the orphanage. Enter Mrs. Cole. And I just want to say right now, Mrs. Cole deserves a raise. (laughs) Yeah. She's extremely busy. We spend a lot of time and energy being like, oh, my God, Voldemort's mother. Like, oh, my God, Merope and like her backstory. But like, this is the woman that raised Tom Riddle, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Cole. She's busy. A shot of gin to all the orphanage orphanage matrons out there. (laughs) Not a phrase I thought I'd have to say. Not thrilled that she's drinking on the job. But again, it is the 70s. And like, it is Tom Riddle. It is also perhaps not her fault. So um, we go into her office and Dumbledore has written to her already about Tom Riddle. He's here to offer Tom a place at his school. Mrs. Cole is skeptical as like they've never heard anything about his family. So he enchants her to think that a blank piece of paper is like the the explanation. I don't know. It's like, um, doesn't Doctor Who have something like that where he just like flashes yeah. it and it's like whatever he needs it to be? It just works. So... He makes some gin appear and she offers it to she like is like, can I offer you some gin? But like, he's the one who made it appear. So let's let's break this down. Like, what is happening here? She seems very ready to drink gin in the middle of the day, but she's not the one who brought it here. Like, did he we all we know that Dumbledore can read minds. Did he like read her mind and was like, oh, she's an alcoholic. I'm going to take advantage of that right now. I think or like they say he. They say, like, she turns around and suddenly the gin appears or something, and they're like, Dumbledore appears delighted or something, or whatever they say. However it's written, it definitely mm-hmm. feels like he wanted to drink. Like, he's like, this sucks. I've This is exhausting. I need a drink. And then I think she was going to have a drink. He probably knew that. 
But then she keeps drinking after he stops and it becomes a thing of like she drinks a fifth of gin, dare her to drive kind of thing. It gets kind of <laughs> sad. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it's not it, I didn't care for that part. Yeah. I mean, it is also, like I said, the 70s. It's it's England. Like if you're going to bring an alcohol, it's going to be gin. Right. Yeah. Is his so like uh, is Dumbledore's pr- brother the bartender? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. April so. 4th. So maybe he, maybe Dumbledore can like spot an alcoholic from a mile away kind of thing. <laughs> He's like, it's, it's in actually, the family. Yeah. It's the Dumbledore eye. You, uh, you <laughs> can actually spot a. a... <laughs> well, but we do know that Dumbledore can read minds. And on top of that, like he has a lot of magic that we don't go into. Like he has a lot of subtle, subtle and not so subtle magic that we don't understand that goes beyond what most people know or ever learn that we don't, we don't know. This so one- like. He could be using like persuasive powers right now. Like mm-hmm. he could be doing something more sinister. He's got lush vision. He can tell a drunk. <laughs> so like I think that like in the end his intentions are good. Like he's trying to like get this kid to where he needs to be. But like yeah, the the introduction of the alcohol to this woman like makes me uncomfortable. It's weird because they juxt they juxtapose uh, juxtapose. Adam, you just good. invented a spell. <laughs> they juxtapose. Uh, they juxtapose the um, the idea of like uh, Tom Riddle saying "Tell me" in like a voice where it commands someone to speak the truth. Oh, kind yeah. of. So it's like he's forcing them. Like he's like, uh, "Tell me your secret," and the person like says the secret. They're yeah. juxtaposing that with Dumbledore, who's quote unquote good, and versus right. demanding she tell him information. He's like, "Let me just use the one vice that you <laughs> is trouble in your life, yeah, to liquor you up and lube the conversation, and that's how he gets information." To me, I'm like, "I'd rather you just make them say it like Tom Riddle did, and then make them forget yeah. they said it," kind of thing. Yes, yeah. I, I also, Saruman. Yeah, I also get the impression that like, I think she was going for his seeming like a much more like brash like. Much more like uh, rough around the edges, Dumbledore, like a get it done type grizzly Dumbledore. But the problem oh my is, God, is just that like Rufus Grimshaw, just saying. Well, it, but the problem is like the Dumbledore that we know in the modern like day and age isn't really better. Like he's still using kids as props and like you yeah. know, yeah. It it's just it looks more dressed up, and so I, I genuinely think she was trying to go for some sort of like, well, look how bad he was back then, except. It's mm. literally the same behavior that yeah. literally the same behavior from the start of this book. <laughs> yeah. He like learned to do it like l- a little less openly, I guess. But also th- there's some aspect of her being a muggle. And so she never sees any of this coming either. Yeah. And he, Dumbledore could have edited his memories. He could have been doing lines with this lady off a mirror. <gasps> it was the seventies. It was the seventies. So You're complete. It was literally, wait guys, it was the fifties. I have to <laughs> oh. <laughs> But that's very funny. He could he could have done any. This could all be a lie. Well, the magic <laughs> the magic world is twenty years ahead. The Muggles. So uh, he introduced I her. He introduced don't... her to cocaine. Sir, they do not use um, gas lamps or like <laughs> fucking ballboy pens. They only <laughs> they just stop know. shitting in the corner. Okay, oh. like I will say at some point they bring up. I think the lady as she's drunk talks about, or maybe it's beforehand. She talks about Billy Stubbs and Eric Whaley's. Uh, Eric Whaley oozing all over his sheets, uh, autoironic asphyxiation mugs. Uh, <laughs> but Billy Stubbs and Eric Whaley sounds like a like a blues duo. Oh yeah, yeah. They were actually the fifth and sixth members of the Beatles that weren't allowed to join. <laughs> <laughs> they had too much too much trauma to yeah. join. So now that 
they're a little liquored up, Dumbledore starts asking about Tom Riddle's history. <laughs> we learned that he was born in the orphanage. Um, like Merope showed up, had the baby, said, I hope he looks like his father. Like, and the book's like, oh, well, because she was so fucking ugly. <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on, man, she's dying. Um, name him Tom Marvolo Riddle for his father and my father, and then his father's father. And it's like, oh, I'm so sick of hearing about fathers. <laughs> and then she died. <laughs> I know this is fucked up, but there's a part of me that looked loves the idea of the person sitting there listening to her like absolutely absolutely and when she leaves being like well i'm not giving them that fucking name chris <laughs> like <Ooh>. jacobs <laughs> it is wild that mrs cole works in the orphanage and somebody comes in and she's like ugly yeah. and then, and then the, the lady's like uh call him marvolo and she's like circus name and then <laughs> and then this kid grows up to be like an insane bully and she's like i don't know where he learned this what? I don't know why he's so cruel. Um, Last night I watched Pan's Labyrinth. Are y'all familiar with that film? Oh, one of my favorites. And at the end when, you know, he's like, tell my son what time his father died. And they're like, no, he's not going to know your name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They should have been like, no, he's not going to have your name. (laughs) Yes, we'll absolutely. Oh, you're dead. Okay. Well. I guess like I, like Tom is not bad. Tom Riddle is not a bad name. It's when you do the triple name, it's like okay, that's a little much. I mean, it's for the anagram. Most of us have a triple name. No, but that, I'm saying the middle. It's like Grace's middle. Our good friend Grace Ball, very normal name. Her middle name is Van de Grift, and it's mm. like oh. That changes everything. Whoa. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's like biting into a piece of uh, candy bar and there's like a chili pepper in it. You're like, whoa. Mm. Ooh, oh my. Yeah. Oh boy, Danger. oh boy. Uh, yeah, I think, here's what I'll say in defense of this name. Mm-hmm. Marvolo, yes. Is it a circus, a circus name? Absolutely. It's some sort of uh, banner with a magician on it. But I do appreciate that you could shorten it to Marv, right? So I think you can't, I do appreciate when parents are like, we're giving the person this unique name, but their middle name is something more palatable or can be shortened into something else. I I think that's, uh, I, I think that's. Tommy Marv. I, I was yeah. going to say, I'm hearing you loud and clear. You're saying that what she would have done is actually name him Thomas Marvin Riddle. There we go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. Now the kids won't kick the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mrs. Cole says he's a funny <laughs> Mrs. boy. Mrs. Cole prevents the entire tragedy of the Harry Potter series. She <laughs> made she simply, made Voldemort simply by changing his name from Marvolo to yeah. Marvin. He can't do the anagram anymore. It's he's it dead. solves all our problems. Got a dumb name, and your mom was ugly. And, <laughs> Got and a then dumb he's like, name, and your parents yeah, are dead. It's it's like the um. It's like the uh, dinner where Obama was like, "Look at Donald Trump, this fucking idiot!" Like. Uh, and Trump, they say in that mo- tr- moment, Trump was like, I'm going to become president. Yeah. Oh, so my God. That's Mrs. Cole was that for Voldemort. Villain origin story. That's also how the Lion King happened. Um, They were producing the Lion King and Pocahontas at the same time. And all <laughs> Pocahontas was supposed to be a better movie. And the head of animation at Disney was like, fuck Lion King. It's going to be garbage. Like Pocahontas is going to be so much better. And the Lion King animators were like, oh, we'll fucking see about that. Oh, we'll fucking see about that. And it is to this day the highest grossing Hannah animated film of all time. Wow. And they created an entire generation of furries by having Mala look at fucking uh, uh, 
Simba that way. Hey, oh, man, yeah. it's better than the alternative with Pocahontas, okay? <laughs> A whole generation of colonizers by having uh, Pocahontas look at John Smith that way. So Mrs. Uh, Cole is like, Tom Riddle, he's a funny boy. And she confirms, she's very she's very smart. Um, she confirms like 100 times. She's like, no matter what I say, you will take him away. Swear to God. Yeah. Yeah. Write it I, down. I'd sign s- it in blood. I'd say less smart, more like suspicious. Like she, she's street smart. She's like, like shrewd. I've been duped Duh. before. Yes. <laughs> there's a warranty on this couch. You're telling me there's a warranty. So if I come back right. with any yeah. spills. I'm going to need to see that in my inbox. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's, you get the feeling that she's like, please God, take him away. But also it's like, I really don't feel okay if you're just going to sell his kidneys. Like, yeah. I, right. need, yeah. I need you to be making a poor decision right Anything now is what I'm saying. Anything less than selling his kidneys, though, I'm good yeah. with it. Yeah. Circus, <laughs> fine. He has the name for it. My, yeah, he's ready. So Tom Riddle's a bully, but he's smart about it because she has a very hard time really catching him doing anything. Like, the <laughs> other children are obviously afraid of him, but they there's no evidence. Um, for example, Billy Stubbs, uh, the sixth member of the Beatles, it, his rabbit ended up hanging from the rafters. Jesus Christ. See, and I you don't do collective punishment unless you are literally talking about animal cruelty. Then it is okay to collectively punish everyone. What do you mean by that? Like everyone who's in the room gets punished. Like if if the rabbit is being hung from the ceiling, everyone gets punished and we figure out who did this. Like I don't think I think you can break a few rules by, you know, at that point. That's just I see. Yeah, that's extremely alarming. And if that was my orphanage, I'd be like, lockdown, we need to resolve this. (laughs) Then there's also the whole cave thing with Amy and Dennis, which we'll probably never hear about again. They went in and when they came out, they were different. Changed. (laughs) Again, like isn't part of the reason that like I don't know. They're kids. You don't need irrefutable evidence if there's this many instances of people having terrible things happen. Yeah. Also, just like, well, I mean, when you learn about when you like they're like, okay, they went to a cave at this point. But like later when we go to the cave. Yeah. And it's like you can't get there unless you're swimming. Like he obviously had to like magic them over there. It's like, what the fuck is up with this cave? Like, this isn't just like he wandered into a cave. Like, this is extremely alarming. Yeah. yeah. Also, Mrs. Cole, no chaperones. Yes. Yeah. What are like, we? Come on. We snuck away by climbing down a sheer cliffside. Like, yeah, clearly. No big deal. I think someone had a little too much gin that morning, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, her life is so hard. She never gets a day off. <laughs> <laughs> never a day off the sauce either. So, finally, it's time to go meet Tommy Boy. Mrs. Cole walks Dumbledore upstairs and like shuts him in the room with Tom and Tom Riddle is just a little boy. He's afraid Mrs. Cole has brought another doctor to evaluate him because obviously based on the above evidence, she has brought in people to be like, what is wrong with this kid? Yeah. And they're like, ah. and they're like, clearly until we have irrefutable evidence. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just terrified of him. It must be their problem. <laughs> like <laughs> he has Crohn's disease. It's like, well, Maybe 1950, that's the diagnosis. Right. <laughs> um, so Dumbledore explains why he's there. To offer Tom a place at his school. Tom is like, you mean your asylum? And Dumbledore is like, no, I, it's a school for magic. And like, you have to imagine that Tom in this moment is like, everything makes sense now. Yeah. You know? Well, that explains everything. 
He's been so alone. I just love the idea of a 10-year-old who is familiar enough with the concept of an asylum to be like, you're not going to send me there. <laughs> he's familiar. I mean... He's familiar with the term <laughs> asylum, but then he's also like flying and he's like, I talk to animals and all that. He's like, I make people do what they want and all this and that. And then he's like, magic. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's what Duh. it is. <laughs> of course. Do you think he has been to an asylum for an, any amount of time? Any amount of, of time Miss Cole could get her get his ass into yeah. an asylum. I mean, maybe that's why asylum. he knows how bad it is, you yep. know? Maybe one of the people who are here in the orphanage have parents who are in an asylum, so he was able to hear mm, about how yes, bad yes, it yes. is. Dumbledore asks Tom to describe his own abilities. We get the, you're a wizard, Tom. <laughs> So this is one of those scenes that I have a very hard time divorcing from the movies, you know? The movie did it I, incredibly well. They did. They, I, I totally agree. I think they cast him very well. Um, and he's like, you know, I can make people hurt. You know, that kind of like, OK, what are your magical powers? And it's like, well, I can kill animals and I can make people hurt and I can make people confused and make them fight each other. And like all these like horrible things. And it's like, oh, you don't like make your books fly around the room or anything like yeah well as much as i love to shit on the choices that were made by the author i do think this is one of those times that it's done very well because again this is the same like harry in by all rights had it far worse than tom ever did but tom's first Mm. thing that he wants to do Mm. with magic Mm. i would say having an abusive family that locks you in a cupboard is worse than being in an orphanage Mm. i think that there, it's apples to oranges. Yeah, I think it's very hard to compare the two. That's like, that, yeah, because it's also is, the, is Voldemort is the terror in his own life though, whereas Harry's terror is fully fully forced upon him. Because mm. like everything that happens to Harry, that's a magical reaction, is a reaction to in large part the bullying and the pressures around him. Everything that Tom does is a reaction of him trying to hurt other people. But Tom Riddle is also the product of generational abuse like yes is so i think in and trauma, trauma so i i don't think that you can compare it yeah harry i mean mm-hmm. i don't think you can compare it harry throughout his whole childhood is like my parents were good people and that's something right. that i know that they existed and they loved me and they didn't want to leave me and they were good people mm-hmm. and so i think that that is like at tom's core is like not understanding his parentage, not understanding how he was abandoned like this and not understanding why he acts this way because he obviously has magic manifested so much more elaborately than how Harry had manifested at this age too. Also, Harry's an idiot and Tom Riddle's very smart. So (laughs) (laughs) that's a big difference as well. I do think it's insane that when Dumbledore shows to, because I think at some point Tom Riddle says like, prove you, you are who you say you are. Show me magic. I think it's fucking bonkers that Dumbledore's like, let me make it look like your dresser's on fucking fire, which one is like, Look, look how uh, there's destructive magic. Isn't that cool? And maybe that was his point is to be like, you can learn (laughs) something to hurt people. But it's also uh, not only destructive magic, but I guess if A, then B, it also gives Tom the illusion that all his possessions in the world are destroyed, which is like he has nothing. So it's like, (laughs) what an insane, like, why don't you just make, I don't know, your chair float. But to be like, yeah, that's uh, a bonkers first (laughs) spell to show. Well, he's it a precocious really little hundred-year-old. So yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Tom is like, show me. Yeah. And this is when Dumbledore is like, hey, if you want to come to my school, you can address me as professor or sir. Bitch. And this is, we have heard a lot 
about how Tom Riddle had this ability to like turn it on and turn it off. You know, like he is very manipulative and he knows exactly how he's supposed to act in certain situations. So he's like, show me. And Dumbledore's like, hey, that's not how you speak to me. And he's like, I'm so sorry, Professor. Can you please show me a bit of magic? Like he just fucking turns on a dime. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of eerie. Sociopath. Yeah. They, yes. they mimic yeah. they mimic human behavior and emotion. Yep. yep. Yeah, totally. And he's using it to get what he wants. So Dumbledore does set Tom's wardrobe on fire, which uh I probably wouldn't make that choice either either. It's to make a point. Yeah. Um, but I don't like that point. Dumbledore's like, I think something's trying to get out of your wardrobe. There's like a rattling. So Tom goes into the a flame wardrobe and takes out a box that's like rattling on the top shelf. And he dumps it on the bed, kind of like detached, kind of going back to his sociopathic tendencies. He's like, here it is. Like, what? Well, I don't know. Here are my trophies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It includes, I'm so sorry to do this to you listeners. It includes a mouth organ. We can just say harmonica. Let's just say harmonica. Tongue. A mouth organ. (laughs) What was I reading? Oh my god, a mouth organ. Oh my. Oh. You um, quit saying it. Just whenever. No, I can't. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Has um. Oh my god, it has a mouth. Something. It's horrible. Hold on. What is it? Mouth. I just. (laughs) Oh fuck. I don't remember. They have a mouth. Fuck yes. (laughs) They have something on. We write it for book club in the in the day six media server. I'm gonna search real <laughs> mouth. Oh no, it's okay. It wasn't mouth. That's why I couldn't find it. Do Andrew's Dream of Electric Sheep? Philip K. Dick, classic science fiction novel. Absolutely garbage. Don't read it. But they have this thing called a mood organ, Ooh. where you can set your mood for the day mm. on the mood organ. Okay, which is way better sounding than mouth organ. Why would you ever choose anything other than happy? Just kind of shows your social battery. It's fucked up because in the book, he's like the cop main character that you're supposed to like, even though he's a cop is like, honey, I'm going to set your mood to happy with me in this life every day. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, I'm going to fasten your mood to horny. (laughs) It's like, okay. So Dumbledore's like, we don't use magic for this. Um, You have to give it all back and apologize. We're not going to tolerate this at Hogwarts. Um, and Tom's like, whatever. Fine. <laughs> Tom says, I don't have any money to pay for any of this. Dumbledore says there's a fund at Hogwarts for people who can't afford books and robes. Question. Why don't the Weasleys get to take advantage of that fund? Wow. This is, this is a worse plot hole than the time turner. Is it? <laughs> Maybe. Dumbledore hates other redheads. That's it. He is it's a the redhead. Competition. I said other redheads. Oh, why would he have a competition? For the he Highlander. hates other gingers. I'm the only redhead. He's like, there can yeah. only be one. <laughs> it's just bananas because almost every year we get a scene about Molly being like, I don't know how we're going to afford all this. Maybe and they just like- specifically have a fund for orphans. Because orphanism does seem to be like a real thing in the UK. It is the land of Dickens. Like yeah. you need orphans. To, you need to plan for orphans if you're going to be doing something with huh. the UK. Please, sir, may I have another pensive of memories? One more ladle of memories, please. <laughs> Might I have some more? <laughs> I do think maybe, Christina, maybe he was giving him his own money and couching it as if like, didn't he just have like a bundle of money in his wallet or something? Oh, 
Maybe it is his own money yeah. and he's trying to make it less awkward. Yeah. Like take make it coins. such that Tom would take it. Yeah. Okay. Because I'll Tom was that. a pride boy, a proud boy, even at Ooh. 10. He was a pride boy. Proud, he was pride a proud boy. boy. Very a different. Pride boy and proud boy, totally yeah, different. Very different parades. <laughs> Dumbledore says, I'll take you around to buy your stuff. And Tom's like, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, you're 10, dude. You don't get the option. Like, this isn't, this shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah. Dumbledore's like, all right. <laughs> okay. Here's your list. Here's your train ticket. Go talk to Tom, the barmaid. Bar, bar, bar keep. <laughs> and he, Tom Riddle's like, ew, other people named Tom suck because yeah. <laughs> my dad sucks. <laughs> and then on the way out, he's like, Dumbledore's like, all right, deuces. And Tom's like, I can talk to snakes. Is that normal? And Dumbledore's like, don't bring that up. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't tell the other kids they'll be jealous. <laughs> yeah, just like your sick, cool middle name. I wouldn't tell them that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like it. it's like uh, just like a pissing contest of like I set your wardrobe on fire. Psych. It's <laughs> it's fine. Also, this box is vibrating. Here's your little toys. And so on the way out, I think he's like, I talked to snakes. Is that a thing? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it's a thing. Fine. You're legit. Damn it. It's such a cool thing to end on. <laughs> and just Dumbledore just storms out the door. I could fucking Here- yeah, I'm a principal fuck of a school, snakes. so fuck you. Here's one of my favorite parts in the entire series, which is uh, I think uh, Christina, do you mind I if like I read? I like the witches too. Go, please go. Hey, roll doll. Is that what you're saying? No, you said which is, and I, I oh, which is which is uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, do you mind if I read this passage? Yeah, go right ahead. Dumbledore, or sorry, Harry says, "Did you know then?" Asked Harry. <laughs> Did I know that I had just met the most Dangerous dark wizard of all time, said Dumbledore. No, I had no idea what he grew up to be. Aston answered, Harry gets his ass handed to him. What the fuck are you? How dumb are you, Harry? You asked the most wizened wizard of all time a dumbass question like, did you know? And Dumbledore, I love the sarcasm. Did I know that he grew up to kill like everyone? (laughs) Oh, I love it. And um, I really don't like Michael Gammon that much as a as a Dumbledore. Although R.I.P. Wow. he did pass away recently. Yeah, way to shit on that for you. Wow. But I do I do think he did a couple things really well. And I think this this line is verbatim in the movies. And it's the the delivery makes it like even funnier to me. It's like, did I think that I had just met the evilest wizard of all time? No. Like, it's <laughs> which <very funny. laughs> can we also imagine how fucking amazing this entire series would be? If Dumbledore was just like, oh, yeah, yep, knew right then, yeah. day but one. I think he, like, that kind ten of old, did. That fucking 10-year-old, worst. He's going to kill everyone. Put, I thought to put logs on the fire, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> I do think they capture, uh, I've when I went to college, to me, maybe it's more a college thing than whatever age Harry is. Mm-hmm. I do think they capture that idea of, like, youth in school thinks they are smarter than everyone else in the room. Yeah, I've met so many people where it's like in college who were like they had a tattered jacket and uh, like a pork pie hat like Tom Waits and they were reading a dog eared page of uh, on the road and they'd be like Israel Palestine. Why don't we just X, Y, Z? It's like you don't think people thought of that, dude. What the (laughs) you you invented that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, Dumbledore did get like vibes from this kid because of the hanging of the rabbit and the abusing of the other children. He's like, I'm going to look out for this kid. I'm just going to keep an eye on him. 
So to wrap up the scene, Dumbledore's like, I'm going to point some stuff out to you because you're kind of dumb. <laughs> he, he gives him the cliff notes. <laughs> he does. He does. He's like, here's what we just saw. This is the study guide. He not only gives him cliff notes, I think the final cliff note he says, and lastly, I hope you're not too sleepy to pay attention to this. And then he goes on to say something. I imagine Harry just sitting there just like yawning. Yeah. So loud. Uh, what a cocky piece of shit. It's like, this reminds me of like, sometimes when I'm watching movies that are like a little over my head and like every five minutes, I'm like to my husband, I'm like, Sean, is that the same girl from before? Why is she talking to him now? What is this? And it, it's like the whole time I'm like not understanding. And if I had been in this the whole <laughs> the whole scene, I would have been like, but why did you say that to her? And Dumbledore's like, shut up. Just listen. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I do get very confused. Um, So some things to point out. Tom Riddle did not like his first name. He doesn't like to be connected to other people. He doesn't like to be perceived as ordinary, basically. That's why he goes full Voldemort. He's like, I'm special. It's like Avril Lavigne said, I'd rather be anything but ordinary, please. <laughs> wow. Did she say that or did she sing that? She, she sang it. She sang it and says it in the song. She uh, mm. she mouths it at one point. So yeah. <laughs> That is a deep cut, by the way. It is. It is. It's from Losing Grip, which is... It's great it's amazing (laughs) um tom was also very very self-sufficient very secretive and apparently friendless like very independent and adult Voldemort is the same he's basically yeah with the trophies with the sociopathic behavior he's he's like a gacy young gacy young bundy yeah yeah, Dahmer. yeah so that's the final thing and this is like the thing that is most relevant to where the plot is heading is like young tom riddle liked to collect trophies remember Mm -hmm. the mouth organ He liked to collect trophies, uh, things he stole from others. So maybe our next lesson will expound upon that. Maybe we're going to see him steal some things. Hmm, Harry? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Heist. Heist movie. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, and the movie takes a hard turn and, like, he starts training him for a heist. Like, they're going to steal from uh, Voldemort. I guess in a way that does (laughs) happen. but He doesn't get trained. but No training. No montage for Harry. (laughs) Fuck it. We're taking the dragon. (laughs) Um, So then sweepy, sweepy Howie goes to bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long day. (laughs) It's been a long day. Katie got cursed. That was yesterday. He had to deal with Katie being cursed and like knowing that it was Malfoy and no one wants to hear him say it's Malfoy. So annoying. It's so annoying because he just is literally right this time, but he just like hasn't been <laughs> See, right historically. But like, I was gonna say he's been saying this since fresh like his first year. It's always yeah. Malfoy. And like he has at most a 30% accuracy rating with it. <laughs> or Snape. Malfoy or Snape, Snape yeah. or Malfoy. And you would think, like, really in Sorcerer's Stone, he's like, it's Snape, it's Snape, it's Snape. Come to find out that Snape was helping his ass the yeah. whole time. Yeah. So like, wow. wouldn't you maybe like learn to be more hesitant about where you point your fingers. Yeah. In the second one, it's Malfoy, it's Malfoy, it's Malfoy. Oh, it's actually kind of Ginny. It's literally Ginny Weasley, bitch. In the third one, it's Malfoy, it's Malfoy, it's Malfoy. Actually, it's Sirius Black. Actually, it is kind of Peter Pettigrew, but whatever. Does he think it's Sirius? I mean, does he think it's Draco in book three? I feel like there's... Does he think that Draco's helping him? Or something. Oh, maybe like to get into the. Castle. I could be wrong. I I, I could. Be I wrong, don't. But... It's actually been too long, and I don't remember. And that feels great. That just feels <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Honestly, I can't remember much. It might have been Leanne. <laughs> Leanne. Might have been Leanne. 
I always want to say Luann from King of the Hill. No. Never seen him. So that's the end of the chapter. Adel, are there any favorite moments that you want to revisit or anything that we <laughs> skipped over? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? I say that every Any episode. favorite moments of this one scene in basically a uh, yeah, in, I, in I, a classroom? It had some moments. I kind of mentioned it, but I, I just love I oh, uh, not, not, no no moments in the micro that I guess I want to point out, but in the macro, the overall sense of it, just the idea of like Dumbledore's right in the middle, and we have this like teeter totter. Tom Riddle on one side of the board, Harry Potter on the other, and just how cold and calculating and intelligent and savvy Tom Riddle is, and just how pompous and dumb and sweepy <laughs> and uh, oh, just what an ignorant little fuck that Harry Potter is. The difference between a Gryffindor yeah. to Slytherin. Yes, uh, it's really it really Slytherin highlights done. really Bumbling highlights his his, uh, his personality flaws. I guess it is a real juxtaposition because, like, like I mentioned, like Harry at eleven. Was not doing any of this. Yeah, he was like, "I'm magic." Is that how I got <laughs> up on the roof that one time? <laughs> uh, Andrew, do you have any final thoughts about the chapter? No. No. All right. I just want to say <laughs> that I like Mrs. Cole, and I wish the book series liked women more. <laughs> Good <general>. luck. <laughs> well, literally, it wasn't written by someone who hates women. Um, yeah. What What do we think of my theory that? It was autoerotic uh, association the whole time. I think it's it got legs. Water. Thank you. <laughs> I think it There's definitely evidence. has some evidence trails. You, I'm saying you could put yarn up on a board, right? There's Thank enough you. to put the yarn up on the board. That's all I ask. Isn't it, and isn't it funny that in this orphanage, Tom Riddle has his own room? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, would oh, you, you sleep isolate. with him? Yeah, you got to isolate that boy. And that's he's up to no good. He's probably like, hey. You two come in this cave with me. And then he's like, grab this rope, put it around my neck, attack a uh, stalactite. Uh, get this real stalactite. And then he's like, ah, ah. And they're like, yikes, no. I'm um, traumatized. Oh my God. I've changed forever. So Tom Riddle is Louis C.K. He forced the other kids to watch him masturbate. Causing oh no. Oh, oh no. That's Fun and fantasy, sad and real. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to plugs. Adel, tell the listeners where they can find you in podcast land. Ooh, yeah, you can check out, uh, I have too many podcasts. I know, you have so many by now. You can check out uh, the Improv Fantasy, that is Hello from the Magic Tavern. You can check out the Improv and Riddle podcast, Hey Riddle Riddle. You can check out uh, my semi-game show called Tell Me About It, and also a chat show I do with some friends called The Word Association, and also coming soon. And I want to say two to three months. The Legends of Leanne. This podcast will dissect and hypothesize what this little scamp Leanne gets up to. Do we know her last name? Maybe not. <laughs> Amazing. All extremely good shows. I recommend them all. Honestly, when I'm like when I'm like a little down and I need something fun and upbeat in my ears that's going to make me laugh, something I can rely on. I go back to, I think it's like in the first five episodes of Hello from the Magic Tavern, the episode about mittens. Oh, yes, yes, yes. With Larry Birdman. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a spoof of Quidditch straight up. It's like, what if the rules were absolute nonsense, but the people were dead serious? <laughs> Somehow he makes the rules more wild than Quidditch, yeah. <laughs> um, so fun. Um, and Adol, what's something that you've been, um, I think we're still avoiding struck work because the- yeah. The strikes 
are not yet like complete. Wait, I get which one is the one that has like resolved. I think right. I think WJ's re- re- resolved. I think SAG is tentative. So anyway, um, barring struck work, what's something that you've been playing or reading or listening to lately? You think the listeners would enjoy? Uh, I have been. Uh, I'll do two things. I'm looking up the author because I forget uh, her last name. I just finished a book called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Ooh, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Seven. Seven. Thank you so much. Um, which immediately has shot up into my top 10 books of all time, Tomorrow Amazing. and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. It is uh, just outstanding. Um, and then also, uh, I really enjoy, and I think this is uh, recency bias because I just tried to get tickets this morning and failed to get tickets, um, oh. Mitski. I think Mitski is one of my favorite musicians going right now. Um, she just announced a tour the other day and tickets went on sale this morning and they're completely sold out, I believe, from pre-sale. Uh, but she has a new album. Wow. Uh, she has a new album out. But go listen to all her music. Mitski, M-I-T-S-K-I. Awesome. Thank you so much. I work from home, so I'm always li- li- looking for music recommendations. M-I-T-S-K-I. Is that what I said? Mitski. Yeah. I okay. don't know, M-O-U-S-E. It's linked correctly in the show notes. Perfect. Andrew, what are you plugging this week? Uh, to avoid the striked material, I have been listening to She Who Became the Sun. I think... I, th- oh, yeah. I told you, I think it was you who recommended that to me. Yeah, and- we read that in our Day Sex Media book club, which if you are part of our Discord server, everyone is invited to be in our book club every month. Yep, and I uh, I, I am slow on the uptake, but I, I'm finally listening to it, and it's very interesting. It's very different than anything I would have expected. Yeah, it's extremely cool, and the author of that is Shelly Chan Parker. Parker Chan? Hmm. Yeah. Okay, think, I'm well, Let me double check. We I'm just gotta saying, Google yeah. it. Shelly Parker Chan. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Andrew. I, I second that plug. Um, I'm your host, Christina. You know where to find me. This week, I'm going to plug. Last weekend, I read the novelization of Pan's Labyrinth. That's why I watched the movie yesterday. Um, it was novelized after the film. Um, Guillermo del Toro is listed as uh, an author, but um, I think the main author is Cornelia Funk, who wrote mm. Inkheart, which is a very famous like middle grade YA fantasy series that a lot of people um, might know about, I think it was adapted into a film starring Brendan Fraser, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly. Um, <laughs> so I think that the book, the novelization of Pan's Labyrinth actually like added a little bit more of storytelling elements that I think made the story more cohesive in the end, as beautiful as the film is. So I recommend that a lot. Nice. Um, I also last weekend got to see Ash Nico in concert, who um, is like, I do not know what genre of music it is, but it's very Halloween-y. Um, she actually has five different songs called Halloween. Wow. Um, she, she's like a she, her music is very good for this time of year. It's like kind of creepy. It's like very sexual. I, I highly recommend it. And her show is incredible. So if you are able to catch her on tour, do. Ash Nico. Yes. OK, I'll check that out. Yeah, it's A-S-H-N-I-K-K-O. Very spooky and spooky and sexy. What else do you need this time of year? Uh, and Christina, uh, speaking of spooky and sexy, are we this is the end of the show? Yes. OK, I'm going to sorry. Uh, pardon me. I'm just going to set my. Mood organ to sad. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm sad this has. Oh boy, I wish I could keep going. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to be sad, but you're funny. Thank you so much, Adel. It's always a joy to have you on the pod, and I hope that um I'll be able to bring you on to some future pod projects that I'm working on right now. Yes, please. And uh, there's something in the works where hopefully we will be doing a, a podcast of mine together. Yes. Yes. So a lot of exciting stuff to come, everyone. So, so pay attention because stuff's a coming. And Andrew, as always, thank you for being my trusty co-pilot. You got it, dude. 
Thank you for being the Borgen to my Burke. <laughs> Mood Borgen. And by that, I mean we sell things that'll kill you. <laughs> also, Borgen and Burks is absolutely a track on the Swedish Chef's uh, solo album. Borgen Burks. Borgen and Burks. <laughs> All your mothers are ugly. Everyone who's listening to your mothers are ugly. <laughs> I'll probably end it there. <laughs> Sorry. How could you do it better? <laughs> That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the restricted section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Do you love to be super scared? Do you enjoy listening to hilarious hot takes on timeless classics? Well, fear not, listeners. I'm here! Welcome to the Super Scary Podcast, where we cover everything from the supernatural to the superpowered. I'm your host, Josh, a scaredy cat nerd who enjoys superhero sci fi and horror movies way too much. Whether I'm processing my trauma from Texas Chainsaw Massacre or reminiscing on the nostalgia of Hocus Pocus, my guests and I have a hilarious time going through our favorite and sometimes not-so-favorite moments. I'm your friend till the end, listeners, because everyone's entitled to one super scary podcast. We post weekly episodes on Mondays, and you can find us at Super Scary Podcast on all the socials. See you in the afterlife, listeners. I'm a little quiet. That's the joy of having cats is sometimes the knobs just move and you're like, how? How on earth? <laughs> it's a good. It's, oh, it's a cat. It's cat. It's cat. Never mind. This is the sound of my voice at its normal speaking volume. It's a little louder than normal people, but it still is kind of quiet. That tone and pacing implies that you were going to tell me in the early 90s that I shouldn't smoke. That that was clearly a don't hey. smoke act. Hey, hey, listen kids. up hey, cool to me, kid. and I'll tell you why you don't or why to be tobacco free. Funny story. I was using the wrong knob. Now it's cool. My gain is louder. Perfect no notes, except for you have to start with my name is Christina, and I'm here to say. Oh my name yeah, is Christina, and I'm here to say that my gain's a little louder than it was yesterday. <laughs> I hope your cats go to record their podcast, and they're like, the "Fucking presets are all jacked." <laughs> Who keeps touching the knobs? Dave X Media.